0: The COVID vaccines are rolling out across the world slowly. And you may be asking yourself, when's my turn and who gets to decide? So are the tech elite in Silicon Valley, but their answers may be different than yours. Rico's Teddy Schleifer is here to explain. Hey, Teddy. Hey. Uh, Happy New Year. What do we know so far about the rollout of the vaccine in California in particular? and Who's scheduled to have access to it first?
1: So California, like other states, is prioritizing Essential workers early on. They're prioritizing healthcare workers and they're prioritizing the elderly people who are at the highest risk of contracting, spreading, and potentially dying from the vaccine. But you're right, it's there's this possibility that the system won't work as neatly as that, and that people with money could find a way to cut ahead in line. And that has a lot of people concerned, not just in California and Silicon Valley, but everywhere. So Teddy, we, we've known
0: forever that people who are rich are treated differently than people who aren't rich, and that applies to the vaccine as well. Uh, Rupert Murdoch, among other high-profile folks, uh, have gotten the vaccine before other folks. Um, why is why are we focusing on California? What makes California a particular interest?
1: So California has more billionaires than anywhere else in the country, and it's obviously the country's biggest state, and there's a lot of people who are not billionaires, right, who, who are not going to have the same access to that superior health care that the wealthy can pay for. Um, so the debate over income inequality and the debate over inequity in the healthcare system is centered on California because there's these two poles, right? Obviously, there are a lot of Black and Latino Californians, and there are a lot of or some billionaires who are having or could have the potential of having a very, very different relationship with the COVID vaccine. So this is ground zero for that debate. So let's say
0: I'm, a, I'm a, a tech billionaire or even a tech millionaire. How might I cut the line? How might I how might I get ahead of somebody else?
1: So there are three main avenues for possible abuse. The first is through concierge doctors, which are essentially super highly paid physicians that because of the amount of money they're taking in, uh, there's almost this expectation that they're going to deliver some superior product. And for some people, that superior product is access to a vaccine. So that's avenue one. The second main way is through personal or political connections of the rich. Obviously, a lot of these people uh, know people who are involved with the vaccine process, that, You know, whether it's someone on the board of a hospital, someone in county government, someone who they went to business school with, who works for a pharmaceutical company. Now, that avenue of abuse is definitely uh, opening up some legal exposure potentially, but that's something people are talking about. And again, even a few isolated instances could be a problem. And the third possible avenue, at least in California, is through certain people being classified as essential workers. Now, obviously, all across America, not just in California, there's this kind of furious lobbying battle happening where every industry is trying to say that they are essential. In California, there is a financial services category of people who are essential. Now, that's supposed to mean bank tellers, but who's to say that can't mean investment bankers? That's kind of the third possibility.
0: Tell me a little bit more more about concierge doctors. Uh,
1: How do I get one and what do they do for me? The one that probably makes the most sense to talk about is what's called concierge medicine, which is essentially really, 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 really expensive doctors that are expected to deliver a lot because they're really, really, really expensive. So these can cost in the Bay Area up to $40,000 a year. And it's not exactly clear how much they can do. There is this expectation, though, if you charge that much money, that you can do something better than, I don't know, get in line at CVS. So I think there's a lot of scrutiny on the concierge medicine industry as a possible avenue for abuse. That's probably the main way.
0: I think there's a lot of folks and uh, there's a lot of well-off people who might say, uh, you know, my life, my family's life, our health uh, is certainly worth $40,000 or more. I'm happy to pay up.
1: Do we know if, if, if simply having a concierge doctor will, will help you get ahead? So there have been a few incidents already during the coronavirus epidemic that show that concierge medicine can lead to better health care. Um, if you recall early in the, in the pandemic, there was a widespread shortage of testing um, and at concierge facilities, you know, they were able to. Some of them were able to get access to tests earlier than regular people. Concierge medicine in the Bay Area, you know, sometimes they'll have relationships with pharmaceutical companies, with Bay Area hospitals. There's a reason they charge so much, and it's not just to make people feel good about getting a luxury service. The entire raison d'être for this industry is we get you something better. We are more Not just we are more accessible, but that they have introductions at the right places with the right companies. So, you know, there's a lot of tough talk coming from California about we are not going to let celebrities or billionaires or Hollywood people or Silicon Valley people cut the line. But I think there's going to be a hell of a lot of scrutiny on these concierge practices where that's really what we're going to see, whether or not that is just rhetoric or if there's actual enforcement and penalties for even a few incidents, incidents of abuse.
0: You, you mentioned this. Uh, there, there was some discussion of, of people sort of line cutting and getting access to treatments. And again, we saw this in the Trump White House uh, where Donald Trump got treatment when he was sick and so did a lot of other folks in the White House that, that were the treatments that weren't available to other folks. Um, is there a difference between getting treatments and tests and vaccines or is this, all, is this all sort of same category? Is there a distinction in the mind of doctors or
1: healthcare experts? That's a good question. Um In theory, the answer is yes. I mean, that the vaccine uh, distribution is a much more tightly regulated process than testing or even treatments. I mean, there were doctors at concierge facilities who told me that they recall in the early parts of the pandemic being asked for prescriptions for hydrochloric which was a potential coronavirus treatment. But that's not as tightly regulated here. You know. The federal government has authorized right now two emergency vaccines, and they're apportioning them to states, and then they're apportioning them to counties, and they're making them way to clients. So theoretically, it should be a different process than the tests or the drug treatments. But I got to say there's a hell of a lot of skepticism that it's going to work out as well just because – There are life or death consequences here, and there's enormous amounts of money. And you made the point earlier that $40,000 bucks is not that much money to people who are that wealthy who could suddenly have a new lease on life if they're able to get this vaccine.
0: Let me just be contrarian for a second. Is it so terrible if if someone cuts in line in what is uh, undoubtedly already a chaotic process? There's a report of of some random person in Washington D.C. basically yeah, walking by that. a CVS or a drugstore and 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 getting a vaccine because they're running out of it. Um, it seems like this. You know, you say it's tightly regulated, but it also seems incredibly chaotic. Maybe it'll tighten up um, if if a wealthy person gets it, you know, an hour or a day or a month ahead of somebody else. Is that the worst thing in the
1: world. You can certainly make the argument that there has been too much of a focus on equity in the process to the point that we're limiting the total number of shots that need to get into arms ASAP. Though, I mean, there is a reason why a vaccination should go to people who deserve it rather than people who pay more money for it. Um, I mean, that's sort of the central principle of all lives are created equal and that there shouldn't be discrepancies uh, in healthcare outcomes. Obviously, there are, but I think anything that we can do to reduce that is probably a good thing. But your, your argument is certainly, certainly something that I think is taking hold more and more, that there, there can be an obsession with prioritization in a way that ignores the bigger issue.
0: Teddy, uh, one last question for you. When do you think you're going to get your vaccine?
1: Well, as a healthy, spry, millennial, I expect it will be a while.
0: Yeah, I'm not that healthy or that spry or that young, but I am a work from home person. So I I think you and I will be near the end of the list. So maybe we'll come back and talk about when we get our shots. Uh, You can read Teddy's full story at recode.net.